Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Blog Talk Radio, and we're back again. So make sure if you miss any of our podcasts from before, you can check it out on blogtalkradio.com backslash Total Sports Live, and you can check and you can check them also out on TuneIn Radio on the TuneIn Radio app. Just make sure you search the TSL podcast right there. From there, you can listen to everything you want on demand right there. We're back tonight after a week hiatus. But we're back talking about the Philadelphia Eagles as they fell to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday Night Football last night, 27-16. to 16. But before we jump into all of that, always joining me on this show is my one and only co-host, Angel Montoni, and also joining, me on the, also joining us on the podcast as well is the guy that you just heard basically in both intros, somehow both intros played, uh, our, our editor, at totalsportslive.com. He also covers a wide variety of topics. And you can always get your daily uh your daily uh picks from him when it comes to the spread. Uh, Dio Royce also joined us on the podcast. Uh you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I got a little straight green green cash from betting Oakland plus four yesterday, I'd be in a much more sour mood. Well, I am in a salary yeah. thanks Lee Park to Oakland winning that. So thanks for bringing that up, Adeo. Just Sorry, man. I keep telling you people you need to listen to my picks. Like, no one listens to me. and it's starting, it's, You know what? My feelings are starting to get hurt at this point. <laughs> yeah, your picks have definitely been on uh, definitely been on point. If you haven't, make sure you follow this man on Twitter, at Adeo Royster, at Adeo B Royster, excuse me, a quick Twitter plug, Twitter plug right there. We even need your picks from the spread. His picks have been pretty much on. So if you need some cash, that's the guy to go to. So you're you're starting people off with the good news, like how to make money, because, you know, yeah. there, there's, there's not much to be happy about after this past weekend. Nah, really haven't been. And let's talk about this weekend. Eagles lose Sunday night football, like I said, 27-16. to 16. This game was... I don't want to say piss poor, but it was piss poor the way that this team played. And it wasn't so much the defense, the offense, again, struggling, DeMarco Murray struggling. 
the wide receivers and tight ends. Even running backs dropping the ball. I swear this team has a, a catching problem. And it's only getting worse. Um, like I like I was just I was listening to the radio earlier today, and a caller brought up and said that you know these wide receivers, none of these guys stand out like in Amari Cooper. They're just guys. They're not playmakers. So when we think about that and we look at how many targets these guys had, Ertz had three had three drops, Miles Austin two drops, at key points. Darren Sproles five receptions, ten targets. Jordan Matthews three receptions, but had seven targets. A lot of drop passes for these guys. I mean, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the floor to you too. I mean, this drop passing thing is starting to become become contagious. Well, yeah, you, they're, they, the Eagles receivers couldn't catch a cold if their hands were made of Kleenex. I mean, the Earth had the most yards last night at 63, like a gargantuan total of 63. That was the most yards from any wide receiver yesterday. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Now, I've always been a, I've been a fan and a follower of Jordan Matthews ever since the middle of last season. So I'm probably of the foolishly optimistic that at least he can turn this around. But past that, like Josh Huff, Miles Austin, like no, can no. Like we've seen, I've seen enough of Josh Huff. I've seen enough of Miles Austin, and then I look and there, Rasheed Bailey is signing in Jacksonville, and I'm like, really. This guy couldn't make the team. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated, you know. And I see Amari Cooper lighting it up in Oakland. And yes, I realize that the Eagles were in no position to draft that kid. But would overpaying for Jeremy Macklin have been a terrible idea at this point? Hindsight nope. being 2020, obviously. Not at all. Um, no. Deshaun Jackson, no, but yeah, don't even bring him up because I, I can't, I can't support a wide receiver that literally only knows one route, vertical. I I can't place my finger on any other route that that guy has run ever in his however many years he's been in the league. He's he's a straight line runner, so like that, no. Macklin is at least a route runner with speed, sort of, but. This is this is a growing problem, and it needs to be it needs to be fixed. It does need to be fixed, and you bring up and you bring up, like you say, would it would it would it have hurt to spend two million more extra dollars on a Jeremy Macklin, knowing what the wide receiver core? Because you said Josh Huff is Josh Huff. He was supposed to be the Aaron Perrin deep threat, but came and make his way on the field. You might as well say he's the Marcus Smith of the offense. No disrespect to Josh Huff if he's listening, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> if they, and then, like you said, Miles Austin, he's Miles Austin. You know, you're going to get what you get. I mean, Jordan Matthews, he's having catching problems. Riley Cooper is Riley Cooper. And people in the fans still want to believe in him, that he's a good, that he's a reliable deep threat. You need to remember what he did a couple years ago when he got that contract. It was all because of Deshaun Jackson and what he brought to the table on the other side of the field. But is this problem with the wide receivers? Is it deeper than just catching the ball? Is it just because there isn't a lack? Is because is it because there's a lack of talent at the position, and that Chip believes that his system that you can just plug and play any wide receiver, and it's going to work like magic, like at Oregon. Well, it's not college. 
We've been saying that all along. I mean, he has a all, as much faith as he can have in his system. So you're not getting the results in the field, but it doesn't really matter. And obviously, no, you can't just plug in this guy and, you know, wide receiver by mediocre committee is is not really working. But that being said, you also have a quarterback that does not like to throw over 10 yards. I mean, that's, it, I, he hasn't really had many, like, attempts. To say, and even when he does try to throw downfield, it's just it's not – they're 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 behind them. They're too high. Uh, you know, this, this is a guy that we were told was supposed to have pinpoint accuracy, and and at this point, you know, you can't blame Rust anymore. Like we're, I'm tired of hearing that argument. So I think there's plenty of blame to go around in the entire offense, and I I'll still say it until it, it happens. You know, when when is it? When is enough enough? And when does Sanchez go ahead and just take over? I honestly don't know if that's ever going to happen because of the simple fact that this Sam Bradford was the guy that Chip pulled in by hook or by crook, be it he pulled him in because he wanted to get Mariota and that failed, so he stuck with him, or if Bradford is really the kid that he wanted, which I don't know if that's true. Either way, I think Chip is going to try like hell to make this work, and his own ego and stubbornness are going to be his demise at this point. Um, Angela was saying it. The the guy he's 6.4 yards per attempt. It's insane how much this guy does not go down the field, like at all. And I would welcome Sanchez just for a different look because Sanchez will at least attempt a deep threat every once in a while, even mm-hmm. if the even if the receiver in question is tightly covered, he'll at least give his man the opportunity to do that. Say what you want about Nick Foles. The guy would at least launch it and give the receiver a shot. He would give guys a Mm -hmm. shot to make big plays. I I don't know why Sam doesn't want to do that. His completion percentage is only 62, and when you look at some of the other guys that are doing that, like Joe Flacco is only completing 62% of his passes. Alex Smith is only... completing 62% of his passes. This Captain is the kind of down. offense you're going to this is the kind of offense you're going to get. And I you know I really hate to say it when you're right all the time, Jovan, but look, Tyrod Taylor is completing 70% of his passes and he wanted to come to Philadelphia. He wanted to come here, but we chose but shit went with Tim Tebow. We said that before and we're just going to keep banging that drum. So right. Oh goodness! It's just it's just one <laughs> it's just one mistake after another this season, starting with the Evan Mathis thing, and just uh-huh. going down the line, overpaying for Demarco Murray when I don't really uh-huh. think that was necessary. Uh-huh. You got Ryan Matthews and you got Darren Sproles. You could have rolled into the season with that, and then Kenyon Barner. You could have saved some money. Uh, given Macklin that money that you should have given, that you should not have given to Marco Murray. Like, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Jeremy Macklin, Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, and Kenyon Barner right now, or DeMarco Murray and the poo-poo platter that we have at wide receiver? I go oh, with the first former. option by a mile. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because if you, you look, at, it, if you look at the numbers, Ryan, Ryan Matthews is is, is – a more positive influence on the offense than DeMarco Murray is anyway. 
Ryan Matthews should be the feature back in this offense. Mm-hmm. I'll get that on mm-hmm. record right now. He should be the feature back. And the problem is that's not going to happen either because Chip gave him all that money. So he's not going to pay a guy all that money for him to sit on the bench. It's not going to happen. Right. I want to know where this ego came from personally, you know, because honestly, like, this is a guy that didn't have any NFL experience when he came here. So I want to know what it was that made his head get so big. Was it the fact that the first season that he was here, the offense was throwing up like 40 points a game with players that weren't his? And then he decides to try to bring in his own players. And, I mean, they're they're completely defecating the bed at the moment. You know, I want to know where this, like, wh- where do you get off? Have, like, the colossal nerve to have this kind of ego when the product that's on the field that you're the one that put together and you're the one that, that preached this system that still has not bred results and now we're in our third season. I want to know where this came from. And I want to know where he gets the ever-loving gall to actually have a big head and try to convince people that he's right when so clearly he's not. Angela brings up an interesting point, and Jovan wants you to maybe chime in and like maybe give your theory. She's saying that yeah, Chip went ten and six his first season with basically mm-hmm. all of Andy Reid's old weapons. Even if they weren't, even if they weren't your handpicked guys, those guys were working, and they were blowing the doors off of defense in the NFL. Why would even if they're not your own hand-picked guys, why would Chip not just want to keep them around? I, I mean, I think with that, I think Chip wanted to, you know, I think like almost any, like some coaches in sports or in pro football, every coach wants to make that, they want to make their stamp on the league. They want to, they want to make their mark on their team. Like, this is my rules. This is what says this will go. If you don't fall in the line, you get the hell out. Or if I don't need you no more, you cost too much, you're going to leave. That's how I think Chip did it, and I think that's where the ego came from. And I think the ego got increased, and we all probably can agree on this, when Jeffrey when Jeffrey Lurie gave this man the power, only after being here for two years. He well, made this head coach the GM. Yeah, exactly. Completely unwarranted. Honestly, if there's any kind of concrete proof that showed that he deserved that that designation or he earned it, I'm hard-pressed to say it because, I mean, I honestly, from what I've seen, from what I've looked at, I don't – that was – that that move to me was I was baffled when I heard that. Why would it, to give him the charge of personnel when again his NFL experience was non-existent when he came here? It it was it was completely. I can't believe that there was this much faith put in this guy that had that spent his entire life to college up until he came. And again, his most successful year was the year when he had other, he had Andy Reid's players, and that's what it was, and that's what we're looking at right now. His most successful year was with Andy Reid's players. That team, I understand, was 4-12 and before he came here, but let's be realistic, that team was not devoid of talent. That team was a team that just flat out quit on Andy, and they let him run himself over with the bus and back it up and drive over every single week. So... Most successful year was with players that weren't even his that he cleaned house with, and and as he cleaned house and he and the team has steadily declined, he gets made the general manager and in charge of personnel. I don't understand. Like there are people that spend their whole lives working in personnel and how to and 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 scouting and all that stuff that they get looked mm-hmm. over for that kind of job. And this guy with pretty much no experience gets it. I mean, I still to this day cannot understand. I mean, is is Jeff Lurie just on a kamikaze mission to tank the team? Is it, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <clears throat> oh my goodness! 
I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting that we say Jeffy Lord because you wonder what his motive is as an owner, and you know, you wonder is he just you know not worried about winning the championship? He can say that, but is he just worried about selling, putting the butts in the seats? Is he worried? Is he more worried well, he, about that? Well, he keeps raising ticket prices, which is the most infuriating <laughs> thing. You know, to be honest with you, the seats that I sit in uh, four years ago were seventy-five dollars face value. They are now one hundred and five dollars. What wow. have they put out on the field that has warranted that type of price hike in that short of amount of time? Especially with the last hike, not even all the seats were hiked. No, so, I mean, they, keep raising ticket, they keep raising ticket prices while they're putting crap out onto the field. And we're supposed to go and clap for a sub-500 team that actually, honestly, I think their record is better than they are at this point, being realistic. I don't think they're as good as their record shows, and that's kind of sad considering that they're 3-4. Oh, no, you that, know, you're now, definitely right about that. When Chip Kelly was given full power and um, Tom Gamble, the old vice president of the player personnel, he was fired. Like, oh, yeah. Wasn't, weren't the Eagles supposed to bring somebody in to kind of like serve as that right-hand man? Have they done that yet? Wasn't it Marilynitz at Marilynitz? Marilynitz? And that dude? That guy. Yeah, the yeah. The yes man. Like, he's a I have not heard that. I have not heard that man's name once all season. That's and I don't know if that's by design. I don't know if that's by design or if that's by mistake. But that's that's the dude I want to hear from. That's the dude where I want to lock him in a room and say, "Yo, all right, Demarco Murray, you you didn't want to keep Jeremy Macklin. All right." Just point them at a giant poster board with the entire roster. Just point to it and just look at them dead in his eye and just say, all right, explain right now. Exactly, because there's a lack of accountability going on right now. Like, nobody is actually saying, oh, yeah, this is our fault. We screwed up. No, there's no, like, you just lost on the prices right sound bit queuing in when there should be. I mean, someone needs to step up and say, hey, man, we really screwed the team up. We're sorry, guys. Nothing, none of that. They still want to live and die by the system that still hasn't produced results. And we've been waiting three years. How many? I'm sorry. It's your turn now. And the funny and the funny part and the funny part is we talk about accountability and the back to last night's game. Uh Chip Kelly basically came out and, you know, pretty much threw his wide receivers under the bus in last night's press conferences. And there was a lot of That's people that move. was not happy with that. A lot of people were not happy with that. Barrett Brooks on ninety seven point five Fanatic was not happy with Chip doing that, saying Andy Reid would not put his players in that would not throw his players under the bus like Chip Kelly did. And you know, Andy threw himself yeah. under the bus. Andy threw himself under the bus week in and week out for those guys that quit on him, and he still went up there and did it for Chip. To that is completely that I don't even the the, the word the synonym for immature can't even come to me for how that is to throw them under the bus like that. You're the one that put them in that position. You're the one that assembled that crap crew, and you're the one that put that. That made of glass quarterback who's afraid to throw it over ten yards behind 
that's trying to get them the ball. You can't expect any wide receiver. I mean, I, I even doubt that even like Odell Beckham Jr. and Des Bryant came here, they'd be able to be successful with this. Because they don't have a quarterback that's willing to throw it. That's I infuriating think- to me. I've seen Jovan throw longer footballs in pickup games at this point. I do. That's, that's, I can believe that's I can get the ball down 40, this, fill, 40 that's, yards. That's the, how ridiculous the situation is. But, Jovan, you might agree with me when I say this. There's only one move that's going to make Chip Kelly kind of like look in the mirror and just be like, all right, I gotta make some changes, or I mean, I'm gonna get S can, and I'm going to. I'm, I'm hoping that he's listening to this podcast right now. Jeff, Jeffrey Lurie, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. You, you listen to me. You listen good. You need to get down in that man's office, and you need to. Pardon my French, everybody, but you need to give him a nice square kick in the ass, okay? Because this, because this is not, this is unacceptable. You remember when Jeff did that to Andy a couple of years ago? It needs to happen yep. again. It does. It does. It does. And it does need to happen. And I think that's, you know, something that, you know, we're, is going to be, you know, that we're going to have to see if this happens over the course of the season. Because like we said, and like we've already profiled in other, in other podcasts and in our writings and on social media and Twitter and Facebook, you know, this team is not, is a, is not playing to the capability that they can play against. And that leaves me into talking about the defense, guys. The defense – Everybody thought coming into the season that the defense was going to be a problem, that this defense was going to be horrible, oh. and the offense was going to save the defense. But look at it now. The defense is saving the offense. You got three interceptions yesterday, three interceptions. You got an interception from your $63 million cornerback tad on that. Malcolm Jenkins actually held on to a held on to a ball yesterday, and they still lose. The defense gave up 125 yards on the ground to, John, to Jonathan Stewart, 204 yards total on the ground yesterday. I mean, I mean, y'all are – is the Eagles defense starting to wear down now? Are they finally well, wouldn't starting you? to the break? Sorry, it's finished. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, are they really starting to break down at this point? Well, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, my God, what's been expected of them? And up until this point, they've performed. They're exhausted. And it's not making an excuse. It's a fact. If you look at time of possession, you can't expect a defensive unit to be out there as much as they're out there and still be fresh all the way through the season. And that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the hurry-up offense works. And as long as we can get it, well, guess what? Your hurry-up offense isn't working. You're not giving them a lead to go out there and work with. You're going three and out. They're only getting about a minute at best rest off the field. And then they have to go back out and do it all over again. I think that defense is way too good to that offense. And I mean, when does it get to the point where some of the guys in the defensive unit in the locker room start to throw their hands up and go, why are we supposed to do everything when they, they're the ones that are supposed to be putting points on the board and they can't do it? One touchdown yesterday. One touchdown, and it was a rushing touchdown. One. I when does the defense start to get pissed? I honestly feel bad for the defense in this regard because they are they are very good this season. They're they're middle of the pack in yards a lot, uh, total yards this season. They're twenty first, but they are fifth in yards allowed per play, five point two. They have, the defense allows five point two yards per play. They lead the league in takeaways with 19. Yep. 
That's true. The de- the defense is doing work. Okay, they're mm-hmm. they're punching in, they're punching in, they're punching in their time cards, and they're bringing their lunch pails and they're working. I don't know what the offense is doing, but the the defense is working. Say what no, you dude, want. You're about, right. Say what you want about Billy Davis. I think Billy Davis is doing a moderately adequate job this season. Given the situation to, that his defense is in, and I have to respect the hell out of him for doing what he's doing with that defense right now. And you have to imagine that he's frustrated too with the head coach and all this crap that's going on. The fact that the unit that he's in charge of is basically they run the whole game, and that's you know I understand like there is that old adage that offense is sexy, but defense wins championships, right? But your offense still needs to be able to produce points. And if your offense can't put any points on the board, it doesn't matter how hard you can defend because you see very, very few shutouts in football. It doesn't happen often. You're right, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't happen often. We got about uh got about five minutes left here on the podcast and uh I mean I mean what 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 else can we look forward to this season? I mean, you were going to buy this weekend. I mean this upcoming week is much needed, but what can we expect from them in week nine against the Cowboys, against a Cowboys team that got Greg Hardy back, the Cowboys team that could possibly get a Des Bryant back? Will this team be able to step up to the challenge in November when they're pretty much, it's going to be make or break that Dallas game if they want to win the division at that point? Well, I mean, honestly, can we can we really be honest here? Do we really want them to win the division and get into the playoffs? And I know that sounds like completely no. utterly blasphemous. No. But, no. If, but if you honestly, Absolutely if we not. make the playoffs, it's it's going to be it's going to be another reason for the blind legion of sheep that follow this system and will defend Chip Kelly to their very last breath when we made the playoffs for four years. Yeah, but just because you make the playoffs, I mean, where there have been there have been weak teams that have snuck into the playoffs because of weak divisions before. We've seen it, mm-hmm. and you know, if they were to sneak in, they were to basically you know limp in, it's like you say in poker, right? and that's it's it, it's nothing but false hope, and it's nothing but a stay of execution for this guy, who frankly, as I said, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, I am tired of. So, I mean, in terms of looking forward, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm looking forward to the head coach being fired and getting someone with actual NFL experience in here. And you can run the tape and you can go back to a few years ago when they were looking for a head coach. And I said Gus Bradley should have been the coach all along. And you want to know what? Jacksonville's not so much a joke anymore. He slowly built that team. So, I'm not trying to say I was right, but I'm trying to say I was skeptical about this dude all along. And obviously – Whatever I saw has come to fruition, and that is exactly what's going on. That's exactly what we're looking at. So, I mean, in terms of looking for it, I don't know. But, that, again, that goes against, like, how big is Jeff Lurie's ego because Chip Kelly's supposed to be Jeff Lurie's golden child. So, will he admit that he's wrong and say, man, I screwed up and hired the wrong guy for the job? I don't think that will happen. Well, Gus Bradley's probably going to be looking for a job if uh, Jacksonville um, falters a little bit more. Um, but... This is the next five for the Eagles after the bye week. At Dallas, home for Miami and Tampa Bay, but then they go to Detroit and they're at New England. Um, looking at these next five, I can only see us being favored against Tampa Bay at home. Yeah. We, yeah. Could, we could easily – listen, I'm sorry, but we could easily be home underdogs against the Miami Dolphins in three weeks. Hell, yeah. Because I think the Dolphins, say, yeah. I think the Dolphins have their s together. I really do. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they do. I would say the Lions would be favored at home by maybe two, two and a half. And that is Thanksgiving. And that is Thanksgiving too. So that's the Thanksgiving game. And then there's a, there's a decent chance that they'll be uh, eight nine point underdogs in New England. And Tom Brady is going to bury this team. <laughs> like that could be that could be a thirty point blowout. Yep. And I'm already kind of mentally preparing myself for something like that. And then having to deal with all my Boston friends, having to hear their mouths for the next year and a half. Yeah. Not looking forward to that. Not looking for. We're all not looking forward to it. And that's pretty much going to wrap up the podcast here on Block Talk Radio. I'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in. But before I go, before we go tonight, I just want to uh, – do a little quick PSA commercial. Um, there's a there's a there's a college in the area that's doing a gaming uh, gaming type tournament for Extra Life. Is they're uh, they're playing video games and uh, stream streaming video games for a whole 24 hours, and the proceeds will go to uh, the child will go to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. It's called Extra Life, the the don't the uh, charity that is for. So um, the team last year was able to reach their uh, goal of 500 and almost doubled it by reaching $930 last uh, last year. So pretty much, I'm going to keep on promoting this thing that's going on in the, in the next couple of weeks. That's just a pretty good charity um, supporting Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. But that's pretty much going to wrap up the podcast. Like I said, um, we'll be back. We'll be back next Sunday. We're still going to talk some NFL. We got to. It's the only thing we got right now since the Eagles are bad. No, 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 no. We're, no, no forget that. We're, we're talking, talking Temple. We're, we're talking, talking Temple. Temple. We're talking Temple and NBA about. next Sunday. Yeah, NBA, yes. NBA and Temple. Temple that's what we're going to do. NBA. Temple and NBA. That's the, that's, that's the goal. Temple and NBA next Sunday. Everybody, thanks again for tuning in here <laughs> on the Total Sports Live podcast on Blog Talk Radio and on TuneIn Radio. Everybody have a good night. Bye, everyone. Go Elves.